it's time for Rift Reaction World's Edition. We've officially begun the plans and returning to the show after a one week hiatus is Emily Rand. How's it going, Emily? Woo! Live from Berlin with worse audio quality. Yes, yes. We should say we we had some technical issues. So if there's any speed bumps in this episode, I think we've gotten them sorted out. I know the audio is not as, as great as it normally is, but that's what happens whenever, uh, I don't know, you're doing this stuff from across the world. Uh, Emily, I know we have so much to talk about this week, but I really want to hear from you about what it's like being at Worlds because I am just so envious. Um, I mean, I still can't believe I'm here myself, like, to be honest. Um, the best thing has been meeting up with people that I only knew, you know, through basically through like Twitter or through like watching them on broadcast and getting to actually like cast with them and do analyst desks with them is amazing. I am not sure I deserve to be here, but oh, hopefully I'm ma- hopefully I'm making the most of the opportunity. So it's been an incredibly condensed schedule. Um so that is that's been a part of it but it's honestly been like amazing like i'm having such a great time and hopefully that's coming across on broadcast too no it is i mean i shout out to you and mark zimmerman i i'm sad that i cannot be at worlds and obviously mark is not in berlin but it's been very it's made it much more enjoyable for me to be watching from my office and covering from my office at home uh, because you are on the analyst desk and Mark is casting and it's just, it's very fun to see. So congratulations again to you on, on being part of the analyst desk. All right. So for this episode, uh, we're going to dive right in cause there's a lot to talk about. We've got plans, obviously, uh, we've got beyond gaming drama, perhaps <laughs> the first player to be suspended from worlds. Actually not the first, but I mean, for the, I think through the rest of the event at the very least, I don't know if that's ever happened. And then um, we're going to talk about groups because that's coming up. We'll round the show out, of course, with our polls, Q&As, and reaction shots. So without further ado, uh, last week we had a Q&A, which was which player are you most excited to watch at Worlds and why? Uh, and we've got some of that stuff before here. There's a ton of different names in here. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at these yet, Emily. Yeah, I think the cool thing is that previously there are you know, whenever we watch or read your answers, there's usually like a trend going through, but there's just a ton. I think the most is probably the the Chovy and the Doinbee. Doinbee gained so many fans in 2019, I think. And then obviously, I think people are just happy to see Chovy here, despite the fact that his team might not be expected to make it out of the group stage. So... Yeah. Uh, oh, I I see a lot of fakers as well. There's a lot yeah. of people that just one word faker. I appreciate that. Like, there's others that are expl- explanations or whatever. Like, uh, Pablo wrote Elioia because of Spanish pride. Uh, other people have said different things, but uh, the people, <laughs> everybody, anybody who says faker, for the most part, there's a couple people, but for the most part, they just write faker one word. I guess what else do you really need to say? Uh, to say in this so I don't know but it's it's great to see your Q&A's we really appreciate you sending those in so without further ado let's move into our plans discussion uh, Emily no surprises whatsoever in plans everything yeah, sure. we expected no but well okay in some sense 
there weren't right like the four teams that i think everyone predicted to make it out made it out and it's just the order in which they made it out might be a little different and i want to give you credit because i think two weeks ago whenever we did our discussion maybe it was three i forget about the plans groups you were a little worried for cloud nine and (laughs) specifically with dfm and we saw that play out uh in in this plans i it was really cool to be on desk for a historic moment. And I know like C9 fans are probably going to be mad at me for saying this, but watching this detonation focus me team, which is like, again, you, you get a team from a minor region that, you know, you know, this is their greatest shot, right? Like this is the exact roster that if, if anyone's going to do it, they're going to do it. And to see like the incremental um, increases in like their capability and their performance to lead to making it out first in this group B as an auto qualification was actually insane. Honestly, like I'm just really happy for them, um, and I think they're gonna have a pretty rough time in groups to be quite honest but just to be able to make it is such an achievement for them and i mean you know me i'm always kind of rooting for the minor regions uh, just generally so it was really cool to watch this happen and just see how happy they were and also like to be able to track their improvement across the entirety of this year yes yeah and there's a bunch of really cool stories i mean i think we've talked before about the players that have been with that roster and have done things for so long to try to improve that region and and have the success. I mean, uh, I I think it was, I'm trying to remember, maybe it was Pacer Time that mentioned it on the broadcast, but Udupon has been with this team since April of 2013. Yeah. I think he said that the only player in league that has been with the team longer is Faker. Yep. Or may, maybe one other. Uh, so it's it is actually just phenomenal to see. You know, you th- you think a lot about that player, Yudapan, uh, from Japan, uh, joins this team in 2013. You know, obviously the LJL is not <laughs> not a top tier region, and has not been one for you know it's just it's been a while since anything has since they started trying to make anything happen. And now all these years later, what eight years, I think it is eight years later, since he joins, they're able to have this success. And obviously we started to see signs of that at MSI, but I just think the story for DFM is really exciting. And I, I hope that they do some cool stuff in groups, even if I don't expect them to make it out because uh, you know, similar to you, I just think it's like a really great story. It's a really fun team. And I think is a great, it's a great argument for, I don't know, the the way that Worlds is structured with with having so many teams in it, even from regions that pr- traditionally don't perform well, because whenever something like this happens, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. And I mean, they now go into Group B, which is probably going to be pretty tough for them. But I'm curious yeah. because I think... They made it, they were the most, in my opinion, the most consistent team throughout plans outside of LNG esports. So those two teams were like LNG just kind of, you know, went out. Um, 
with detonation focus me, I thought they were really consistent in their losses. And I think they figured out a way and certain picks for Ebby to play that he was really comfortable on to mitigate some of his lack of lane pressure. Like the fact that he doesn't play some of these carries outside of like, I know he previously played Camille, but he's not really known as like a Camille player. So this is why I think they'll have kind of trouble in this group. Um, but just to be able to make it, and I'm curious to see how they approach it, right? Like maybe they continue to rely on some of these slightly off meta picks like Ebby's Urgot to try to take games because it is a single game round robin. So anything can happen there. Well, I do want to set aside the teams that are making it. I, I guess we we jumped the gun with DFM, I think, in part because they're the coolest story of it. But yeah. I do want to set aside the, the teams that are making it into groups and just ask you really quickly, are there any teams that you thought did really well or that really impressed you, even if they weren't able to move on or even any players? I know of one uh, pet st- named champion um, <laughs> player who I think did quite well. So I'm curious <laughs> to hear from you. So I think we all knew that Doggo was going to do pretty well. Um Beyond Gaming surprised me in how poorly they performed initially, actually. And then, you know, we have the whole Mawan we'll com- yeah, competitive ruling later. We can talk about that. Um, but just based on, like, their actual performance, I was pretty disappointed in them initially. Not in Doggo specifically, because I feel like he was consistently the team's best performer and... Even before today, people were like, find this guy a team, you know, like, like people are listing. I've seen already on Twitter, like IG Doggo, TSM Doggo, like yes. people just trying to find him a new team. Um, so I think at the very least, after his kind of breakout international debut at MSI as a substitute for PSG Talon, because Unified had a collapsed lung. I think that um, he continued that same level of performance and even exceeded it. So I know he'll be on the mind of a lot of people. I think it's really meaningful to him as an individual to be able to have that performance because now teams are going to be looking at him. On the whole, though, so I I expected Detonation Focus Me to cause a lot of problems for people in this group, and I thought this group was wide open. But if you remember, I still had the boring choice of Beyond and C9. So if there was anything that shocked me in Group B, it was actually how poorly Beyond played compared to my expectations and how well uh, Galatasaray played compared to expectations. And then for Group A, it was definitely Peace. Like, Peace performed so much better than I thought they would. And you could track how they improved and their team cohesion throughout their play-in stage until they kind of like ran into C9 and even then that game one was like very nerve-wracking if you were any sort of C9 fan and I it's such a huge story for the region I feel like we haven't talked about it a lot um because we're coming from a North American perspective and it's kind of like oh uh you know the Oceanic region became a feeder league for NA and blah 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 but we forget that their entire region was dismantled. And when I talked to players, like I talked to Bobbit days before this was announced, and I can tell he had no idea. Like he wasn't trying to dance around like this announcement. Like the players themselves did not know that the shuttering of the entire region was coming um, and that the OPL was getting canned and the LCO was being created. So yeah, and we- to oh, have them, oh, I was just going to say, to have them be able to 
go as far as they did and even like push C9 a bit, especially in that game one, I think was really meaningful. And I think it's something that people should be paying attention to, especially given their lack of monetary investment and just infrastructure and resources. Yeah, and we should provide a little bit of context, too, because I know we're having some some new listeners, which, by the way, we'd love it if you follow us on Spotify and stick around, but probably coming in from Worlds. For those that don't understand, it's it's funny because you hear Emily say, like, the whole region was shuttered, and then you're like, well, but they're at Worlds. <laughs> but essentially, at the end of last year, it was announced that their league, like their Riot-run league that's similar to the LCS or LEC, was going to no longer exist and then there was not really a plan put forth on what was going to happen next they they had said riot had said basically like ah they'll still get some spot at worlds and maybe there'll be a tournament qualifier or whatever and then really a whole slew of people within that region basically refused to to give up and created mm-hmm. their own le- league and replaced it and so it like it is it is really neat to see that this has happened and that they've been able to still send teams that are at least given their the whole, their own historical context like competitive right within within the context of these uh, minor regions or the play, or the wildcard regions. So I don't know. I think it's it is it is really phenomenal to see. And um, I, I like the sad thing that is it's interesting, but it, you know it's almost like they they play to show what they can do to for the LCS uh, region and for some of the, uh, the other regions. And I, and I do hope that we'll see more and more of those players get, get picked up. It's kind of this weird twisted thing where you are like both rooting for the players to leave the region so that they can be in a region that has the support and infrastructure. Um, and then you're also, you know, but then you're also kind of sad because it's like, okay, well if that happens, then they have to, they're kind of perpetually put in this position, but either way, uh, shout out to them. Okay. Groups. So the teams that are making it into groups, I guess, is where we should begin. Uh, I guess we should finally have the conversation. Cloud Nine, Emily. <laughs> uh, what what is up with them? I mean, it's funny because last week you were you weren't on the the episode, but I had this conversation actually with Mark on on Hotline League, where I had he he was pretty confident in Cloud Nine, especially. You know, given how they they started to look, I think they'd only played that first game and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, well, we saw that this is a team that was not very consistent at MSI, and it feels like we're we're seeing that same issue pop up in plans. I don't know if that's what you think as well. Yeah, I think it's a little bit different than their MSI performance, uh, only because. I think the problem there, and I've said this on broadcast too, I think the problem there was like a lot of miscommunication around the top side between Blabber, Perks, and Fudge. Because Fudge was consistently performing really well, but then um, he didn't seem to have good communication with Blabber specifically, um, and also Perks, which was really weird because if you remember, that's what I think they excelled at in their finals against Team Liquid, was that like, top jungle communication uh and they improved on that in their first few games right that was the thing that really struck me is that the top side of the map seemed to be communicating really really well and then their final day (laughs) it's funny because if you i don't know if you remember 
when we were talking about them at MSI and you were so frustrated because you were like, they lost in so many different ways when you were looking yes. at, yeah. Like I remember you like ranting about that, right? Yes. Um, and the kind of the same thing happened here, but it, it was that like, okay, you shored up your top side communication, but then they had this like incredible mis-execution of a poke composition where they picked a fight mid and then they lost their dragon stacking that they'd set up like so beautifully and all they had to do was kind of wait for the enemy team to come to them and poke from a distance and play with fog and then in the um in the other game like it just seemed like Vulcan felt like he had to make these plays on a Moo which I'm gonna talk I'm gonna rant about a Moo later just put a pin in that uh it felt like he he thought he had to make these plays whenever he had the opening but then the rest of the team wasn't behind him so it's a lot of like you point to their itemization and you point to even some of their drafts and you're like this these they're doing actually like really smart things and it just comes down to misexecution around neutral objective timing and then just coordination in team fights which is really frustrating but at the very least those are very clear cut opportunity areas that you can pinpoint like i'm sure as i'm saying this they're like more than well aware of what their issues are if that makes sense well if they're not you need to go fly over to iceland from berlin and let them know please because i, I think i mean they obviously <laughs> they looked a lot better today that's for sure um it was so funny that the contrast of yesterday's broadcast going forever and then today's broadcast being done. I think yesterday's wrapped up at like two in the afternoon here and this one wrapped up like before nine, I think. Uh, it was just so funny to see the difference. But regardless, uh, I guess for, for North American fans, there's hope that Cloud9 will have figured their stuff out, but I'm still a little nervous for them. I. Uh, maybe it doesn't matter because of the group that they're in that it, it'll take way too high of a ceiling for them but uh before we get into groups should we talk about beyond gaming yeah i feel like we have to <laughs> okay so i assume that i i didn't actually ta- see if it, if it was addressed on the broadcast was it addressed on the broadcast at all emily we read the statement that was issued yeah. uh, uh, about what happened well, uh, just just to give the too long didn't read, basically, uh, Ma- is it Mowen or Moen? Uh, I think it's Mowen. Mowen. Mowen, uh, of, of Beyond Gaming, a player, had basically been leaking a draft strategy to a friend of his in order for that friend to uh, gamble on the, on the draft and on the game. And they found out about this. I guess they have definitive proof. And so this happened uh, very quickly. Like basically, like their games ended, and then they were going to play their best of five. The you know next next set, and then this came out. They got suspended, and or this player got suspended, and so they had to play without him. So it just it's actually there's nothing that's I, th- I can think of that's been sort of to this level before. Obviously, you've had players that have gotten fined or maybe dropped out of, you know, been suspended for a game or whatever. But this was basically suspended for the remaining of the 2021 World Championship. And they did say subject to additional penalties following a full investigation because obviously had to, they had to pull the trigger like right now on something to do. 
but my expectation is that this player will never compete in a Riot Games-sanctioned League of Legends competitive event again. Yeah, I know that um, the basically the team the team I think he's the team owner uh, Dinter who used to be a player himself in the old LMS and he owns the team and he basically had an entire uh, like a a Facebook apology. Yeah. He had a live stream and then he also had a Facebook apology where he confirmed it. And he said, he basically had said like, I hope the, that people can find a balance between punishing Maon and not screwing over the rest of the team, obviously still pending investigation, but, um, they, he even, you know, Dinter like jumped on it immediately. So it was like, they were really, really quick about this. And obviously I don't want to speculate because again, the investigation is still ongoing, but from an outside perspective and from what, Dinter said and what was released, it seems pretty cut and dry. Yeah. So uh, just, I think also world history being made uh, there, obviously (laughs) not very positive world history, but I mean, I I guess it's, it's an interesting situation because it's unlikely that beyond gaming would have made it to the group stage anyway. And so it's like this happened towards the tail of plans and it'll move on, but it's very, Unfortunate for the other players because I'm sure that like this world's they will always think, you know, about this first um, from from Beyond Gaming and the situation. And I think a lot of people were feeling a ton of sympathy for Dago, who played phenomenal, um, especially with a, a team who I think in a lot of cases people did not think the rest of them were doing that well. And then this happens as well, and so it's just a I don't know, just a pretty shitty situation uh, for for those guys, but. Yeah. I, again, I I will be surprised if Riot does not, you know, unless there are some sort of extenuating circumstances, which I cannot imagine right now what those would be. Uh, I I would be surprised if Riot doesn't just suspend this player uh, permanently or ban him from the sport. So uh, we will see what happens and talk about it. I'm sure as it unfolds in however many coming weeks. But let's move on to happier news, which is the groups. That are starting. This is honestly, I'm just going to say groups are my favorite part of worlds. They always have been (laughs) cue the jokes about oh, that's because when North America's playing or whatever, but you you tend to get a lot of upsets. You get to see all the the teams from all these different regions compete. And so now and and the schedule, especially the first four days of groups just has a a phenomenal lineup of teams playing every day. Um, And this year it's even crazier because I think normally they do six games in a day and because of the schedule compression, they're going to be doing eight. So (laughs) Emily, Emily, I'm sure you're, you're raring to go. go. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, uh, now that we know our teams that are making into play-ins, um, we are sorry out of plans and into the groups that they're going in we kind of already knew and had some projections before uh, but what what do you think of these groups any any changes any revised opinions I mean it's pretty much the the same thing that we had predicted outside of the fact that detonation focus me made it instead of beyond but they went into group B because 
of the way the rest of the group shaked, shook out because Hanwha Life could only grow, go into group C and LNG could only go into group D. So groups ended up pretty much exactly how we expected. C9 went to group A. It's going to be a really tough group for them. Um, group B is very interesting, although I do think Detonation and Focus Me are going to struggle, like I said previously. Uh, I do think there is a chance that they take some single games, so then it's about what the other teams do against each other. Group C, to me, is the most interesting one, and also Group D, uh, because of the way that LNG played in play-ins. I actually was expecting them to look a lot shakier, especially after... LGD's performance last year. I think anyone who's watched the LPL teams for a while was just thinking of L uh, LGD last year and just being like, okay, LNG, like, hopefully you look a little better than that. And they did. They actually, like I said previously, I thought they were another one of the most consistent teams across the board. They didn't pull out any sort of super shocking things in that some of their draft adaptations were a little wonky, but it's something that L we kind of knew LNG would do. Um, and this is a, I mean, they're a really fun, like kind of like trolley upbeat team. So I'm really happy to see that they performed really well. And now they're getting slotted into group D that group D is super interesting to me as is group C. Well, I should say we're trying to figure out the timing for another, another episode. Cause I know you're traveling uh, in, in the future during, during groups. And so we'll figure that out. But um I, I think maybe we should focus on these first four days and mm -hmm. see if there are any uh, things that both stand out to us. I mean, I'm going to target that first day, Monday, uh, over here in, well, I guess it's probably Monday uh, everywhere in the West. But uh, the the games that I am most looking forward to are uh, probably the, the Damwon Fun Plus game. I am It is so Insane. cool that they are starting uh, groups with that. I mean, that is just a way to really kick it off. Um, I'm also looking at TL Mad Lions that day because I think that that will be a really important match. I know a lot of fans feel like TL, given the group that they're in, might be the best chance for North America to make it out of groups. And uh, obviously you have the NAEU rivalry. I don't know. Some people argue that there's no rivalry there anymore. But uh, I think that, that is, that's going to be the two matches that I'm most excited for on that first day. And then um, similarly, I think because of that TL... Um, the TL situation, I think Wednesday, their game against Gen G is also going to be very fascinating to me. So those are just a couple of the ones that, that really pop out whenever I'm looking at the schedule. But how about you? I think 100 Thieves EDG is going to be really interesting to me just because when I look at groups and uh, when I look at teams and play-ins, and I've mentioned this on the analyst desk as well, I feel like teams haven't done the best job of playing around their bot lanes, despite the fact that a lot of the bot lanes we're seeing are these kind of like hard push or even kill lanes, like, you know, the MF Amumu, um, or, you know, throwing Leona in a lot of those matchups. She is an S tier support right now, in my opinion. And then also like the Lucian Nami lanes, where you're just looking for like hard push, possible kill if you can land your CC. And 100 Thieves and EDG are both two teams that focus really heavily around their bot side 2v2. So even though I think that it's a really tough matchup for 100 Thieves, stylistically, that matchup stands out to me in addition to the ones that you already mentioned. And then additionally, RNG versus PSG is always a really interesting matchup for me because I think 
PSG actually naturally has a good stylistic matchup against RNG. So I'm always curious to see how they're going to face off. Because if you remember, at MSI, PSG actually gave RNG a lot of difficulty. Um, yeah. Even in their best of five, right? Like you were looking at it and you're like, okay, if you're a little bit better around like mid to late, if you play this out a little bit better and RNG wasn't so much stronger at like cross mapping and, and map control, those early lanes and the early game focus that they have actually match really well into RNG. So I'm really curious about that matchup as well, in addition to the ones that you already touched on. You know, one that I, as you were talking, I was just looking at the schedule again and like, this is, I'll throw this out here because it's an unconventional matchup that will be fun to watch, but I really want to see DFM and T1 because I just think it's so cool that, I mean, we, we just discussed the, how neat it is that DFM has made it into the group stage. Arya gets to go play against Faker. You know what I mean? And like, look, I am not saying that Arya is going to look as good as he did in play-ins, but I just think it's kind of neat. Like that is a bit of the reward, right? It's like, even if you do get crushed by Faker, I don't know if that's going to happen, but it's, uh, it's neat to see that, that these two players will be able to clash. And so it's, I'm happy for DFM in that way. Also on those rosters, you have the two most tenured players, right? So you have Udapon on one side and then you have Faker on the other. And that's kind of just a cool little like narrative one-off. Yes. No, I think that is, that is really neat. So um, I know like we, obviously we've talked a little bit about the North American side, but I'm, I'm very excited. The, Oh, one, I, I just think the Fnatic RNG stuff is going to be also wild. I, lo- um, I so. love this Fnatic team so much, which I have already yes. made abundantly clear throughout previous podcasts, but they're just so fun to watch. So yeah, on day two, definitely be looking out for RNG Fnatic. Yes. And I think for folks that are in North America, I should say that a lot of, I don't know if it's it was intentional, hopefully intentional, but perhaps coincidentally, a lot of the North American games are later in the day so if maybe you haven't been paying attention as much or you're on the west coast and you're a little worried about you see like some of these games start at 4 a.m um the good news is is that you should be able to really get a lot of the games uh, available assuming you're not waking up at like noon (laughs) in uh, on the west coast so i just encourage people to to check out the the games this week because i know sometimes when they're international we think ah it's hard but uh, I think I think the schedule is actually not too bad, especially if you're you're mostly just wanting to watch the North American games. So I think that's cool. Uh, anything else in groups, Emily, or is it time to move on to the uh, back of the book? I think it's time to move on because uh, other okay. than that, it's going to be a lot of speculation. So yes, yes. Well, either way, things are going to kick off. It's going to be really exciting. So moving on uh, to this endpoint here. Uh, one, we want to mention the poll and Q&A for this week because we're bringing back, we obviously had the Q&A last week, but this week we have your poll, uh, which I think it, they've been teasing on the broadcast. So shout out to everybody who's been letting people know about it. But which of the four playing teams do you think will make it out of groups? So, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Obviously, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people will say, well, I don't know if any of these guys are going to make it out of groups, but that's the fun of this. So if you have a team you think may make it out or you think has a decent chance or, you know, whatever, maybe they just have the best chance out of all the slim chances, we'd love to to hear from you. So um, of, of those four teams, please uh, open up the Spotify app and let us know. Vote on them. Let us know. And then similarly, our Q&A. We're, this is all about underdogs this week on our mm-hmm. our, <laughs> our engagement. The Q&A is, who is your dark horse to win Worlds and why? 
So maybe you think one of the playing teams is not only going to make it out of groups, but they're going to have to win. <laughs> You're like, listen, Debt Nation Focus Me is about to have the most They're taking it all. Any <laughs> team ever. You really like Japan. Uh, feel free feel free to let us know, and we'll read uh, some of those out next week. But again, in the Spotify app on your phone, please open it up. And we, we love to read those. Those are fantastic. Uh, it's time for Reaction Shots. All right, Emily, do you want to kick us off with your reaction shot? Yeah, so mine is Mubu's support is not bad, actually. Um, I feel like this always happens during play-ins where we see a pick that was performing super well in solo queue and then comes onto the world stage. It's like, oh, this is rumored to be doing really, really well. And then everyone plays it and it sucks. It has terrible win rate. And I think the big thing with Amumu's support is that it's not blind pickable. Um, just today, we saw a 2v2 contest where Leona outdid the Amumu support at level 1 because of her health and base AD, um, or her armor and base AD, rather. So I do think that you have to play it correctly, and we haven't seen a lot of support, so they're super comfortable in the 2v2 with Amumu. Um, and there's also kind of this idea kind of i don't know i feel like a lot of supports think that once they see that opening right for the bandage toss into curse of the side mummy they're like oh i got this and then the rest of their team isn't there i think with a little bit more time and a little bit more practice to see how amumu plays with the rest of a team composition i don't think he's going to be blind pickable 100 percent pick ban but i definitely don't think he's bad as his win rate in play-ins would suggest or as vulcan's performance would suggest yeah, I already <laughs> talked about that. Okay, like I'm not gonna rip into Vulcan anymore. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know, he doesn't need anybody to. But uh, man, all right. Well, on the topic of North American teams, my reaction shot is surprise, surprise about North North American teams, uh, and and it's just like maybe I shouldn't be responding to these these people because maybe they are just trolls. But I do think there's some people who really do feel like uh, North America shouldn't be considered a major region. They shouldn't have, you know, three spots at Worlds. Maybe they should just have two, et cetera, et cetera. And I just, look, I, I think even with Cloud9 uh, losing to DFM for the, the auto spot, consistently are, we always make it out of plans. We always show that we are a step above most, if not all, uh, wild card or minor region teams. I mean, even with, even with DFM, it was one and one. I know, obviously... Should have won that one, but it's not like DFM two owed us or something like that. Uh, Cloud nine. So I just overall, I I really want to push back and say like once again, I feel like at Worlds, yes, we do have embarrassing zero six performances in groups, but <laughs> we consistently show that we are a step above you know the the minor region teams and are sometimes uh, much more competitive with the major regions teams, even if it's like, well, we went three and three and lost a tiebreaker or something. We'll take those games off of some of them. And I think you look, stay, pay attention to group stage because it'll happen again. You're going to have something interesting happen where a team that goes on to win worlds will have lost a game to a North American team or something like that, or, you know, finalists, whatever. So I, I just, I think once again, I'm pointing out that this stuff happens and people should be uh chill about it anyway <laughs> i do want to tease that and maybe maybe spotify will uh scream at me for doing this because i don't know i didn't get permission to do so but we're trying we're working on trying to get a special bonus episode this week with some guests from uh from worlds i know last Ooh. week we had 
uh, some of the the broadcast talent on. But I just want to say, like, stay tuned for that. There might be a bonus episode. I don't want you to just listen to this episode and be like, okay, we're done with Rift Reaction. I won't say who yet because I, I'm nervous to say it if something goes awry. But uh, please tune in uh, to Rift Reaction again later this week. And we might even have might even have three episodes. I was thinking about this before. I'd come out in like a seven-day period because I know that Emily and I are going to target doing something in the middle of groups during that day off. So there's a lot of Rift Reaction coming. Uh, Emily is still at Worlds. Emily, you're ready to go, yes? Yeah. I'm, ex- I'm so okay. excited for groups, actually diving into groups so stay tuned here uh on spotify follow us if you're new and this is one of the first episodes you've listened to please please tune in all the time because uh i desperately need that attention to make me feel better about myself it's how i evaluate myself worth we'll catch you next time oh my god